Brendan Fletcher is the writer and director of Mad Bastards, a new Australian feature film that premiered at the Sundance Film Festival and is set for a general release in Australia this May. Almost set entirely in the Kimberley region of Western Australia and predominantly starring non-professional actors, Mad Bastards is an insightful and moving look at some of the problems facing Indigenous men today. Brendan, thanks for joining me. No problem, Thomas. Good to be here. Excellent. Hey, what was it like having Mad Bastards accepted into the Sundance Film Festival before it even got screened in Australia? Oh, look, it was pretty um, overwhelming, to be honest. I, we had been a little film that no one really knew about, kind of, you know, doing our thing up in this remote corner of Western Australia. So, you know, like everyone else, I guess, we just sent a DVD off to Sundance and mm. with, you know, fairly moderate expectations because you're used to kind of not hearing back from these things and, you know. And then, you know, we got the phone call and, I mean, I almost dropped on the floor, really, when it happened. I, I thought it was just, you know, there's so many promises in this game but, and I kept sort of saying, so is this actually happening or is this might be happening? And they're like, no, 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 you are in. You are coming to Sundance. <laughs> it was just incredible, really. For us, it was just, you know a fantastic validation of a lot of work over a long time. Well, absolutely. Had the audiences at Sundance seen many films with Indigenous Australians before, and how did they respond to your film? Um, that's a good question. I don't think so. My understanding is that Brand New Day played there um, when it came out in a... Um, in a different section of, of the festival that was like a, um, I think they call the Native Forum. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we were screening in the competition section, which is you know, sort of highly competitive. So I'd, to the best of my knowledge, I don't think there has been any other sort of Indigenous Australian films played over there. But I suppose um, the really pleasing thing for us was that um, people responded to the story as a story, you know. It wasn't sort of ghettoised or kind of categorised in that way. It was just a story about men and and the outback and, and families and, and music. So, you know, what, what was really, really pleasing was that people were talking about it in, in the way it moved them and the way they could relate to it, even though we were playing it in this kind of snowy mountain top village in sort of middle america you know so very pleasing okay so that 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 that, that universal story within the film certainly translated yeah i think look i think in a lot of ways when people go to the movies they're looking they're looking to go on a on a journey they're looking to escape their sort of their world you know they're looking to go somewhere that they perhaps wouldn't normally go but they're also looking for an experience that they can relate to they're looking for you know the old universal story something that kind of touches their heart because it's got a sort of a familiar ring to it so i think that we were you know we were able to provide both those things because it's certainly a opens the door into a world that's a long way from most Australians, let alone most people in Utah. Um, but at the same time, you know, we do have, you know, fairly kind of strong scenes that most people can relate to. So, yeah. Well, I am curious about how you got involved. I mean, it's very much your project, but I suppose yeah. the journey. I mean, you've, you've got a long experience as a filmmaker. This is your first feature, but you've done yeah. a lot of television, a lot of documentaries. Yeah. And... Now, Mark, when I first started researching for this interview, my assumption was that you were an Indigenous person who lived sure. in the Kimberleys. Yeah, yeah, well, fair enough. But that's not true <laughs> I mean, at all. You've got a very different background. Yeah, yeah, I'm from Sydney, you know. I, um, I grew up on the, on the North Shore of Sydney. You couldn't probably get much further than Wyndham, really. Um, mm-hmm. When I often used to say to people, where actually is, you know, the Kimberley or Wyndham or Broome? And I'd say, well, if you take 
Sydney or Melbourne and you go kind of diagonally opposite, you know, you couldn't go any further and still be in Australia, you know. It's actually the furthest you can get from the kind of, you know, the, the southeastern masses. But look, yeah, I suppose I started working um, in the Kimberley in the 90s and sort of the mid-late mid, mid late 90s with the Pilgrim Brothers making music videos for their band. Mm-hmm. And I'd always had a bit of a kind of a... Uh, a yearning to sort of spend time in the in the Kimberley. I don't, you know, just always seen pictures of it, and you know, it just seemed like such a kind of rugged. It seemed like the last frontier, really. Yep. So, you know, when I got there, and the thing about the Pigram Brothers is that they are a music a music group from Broome, and they have seven brothers in this band, and then there's another five of them. There's twelve in the family altogether, you know. And I was about one year younger than the youngest brother. So I kind of went up there and all of a sudden had these like, you know, 12 siblings, you know, I sort of became part of the part of the family, I suppose, and spent so much, you know, lived up there for a while and, you know, was sort of spending more and more time. We went from making music videos to making documentaries and then we made short films and, you know, just became part of the fabric up there, I suppose, and, and I really thrived on that. It was sort of... You know, I often say it was, you know, I've never felt more Australian than being up there, you know, and it sort of taught me a lot about being a man, I suppose, in the in the modern modern world and what that means and and uh, discovered a lot about myself and just, yeah, just had the time of my life, basically. And um, so at one point I thought, God, there must be a movie in this somewhere and, you know, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm getting the impression that working with the Pilgrim Brothers was very much the thing that took you from, you know, Sydney... Definitely. Into the, the far I, corners I, I, of Australia. I'd with some, you know, I'd worked on documentaries there with Aboriginal people in mm. in Queensland and the Territory and, you know, but I don't know, what can I say? Something just clicked with the piggies, you know, something just sort of, um, something just worked. I mean, they, the, the first gig, they rang me up and said, look, um, I'd heard about them and they'd heard about me and, you know, they said, look, we've just finished this album, we'd love to make a video, we've got this grant from the from the Arts Council, but it's only a few thousand bucks, so we can, we can pay for your ticket to come here and stuff like that, but we can't actually pay you any, you know, a fee, but we can take you fishing, and I was like, oh, that sounds great, I'm in, you know, because I, you know, I sort of love fishing, and yep. so, you know, I suppose the, the bond between us was formed not just in, in kind of in creative collaborations, but we spent a lot of time fishing and camping and then they'd pull out the guitars or out there and under the stars and it's where I started to really, you know, live, you have that kind of experience where you're living a whole new world and you're living and then the ideas are coming while you're fishing and while you're cooking, you know, dinner and sort of, you know, look, it was just a very rich, a rich way of life and I just sort of thought if we can somehow get this, you know, into the cinema, then we'll have something. And that was, I suppose that was the next step for me is that through the Pigram Brothers, I met a bunch of really impressive, um, you know, at, the, at first men, you know, men more than women, who I just thought, man, these guys are movie stars, you know. They just had really, you know, they were great storytellers, they were funny, they were charming, but they could sort of, you know, they'd live this kind of really rough and tough life and, you know, they were really confident. And, I just, and then the next moment they'd be kind of crying on your shoulder about, you know, their kids or their mothers or their grandmothers or something like that. And I just sort of thought, man, these guys are able to have that really tough exterior, that real kind of machismo thing, but at the same time they're able to be vulnerable, you know, and that's 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 sort of... 
in a lot of ways what it takes to be a great actor, I thought. So, you know, things started to sort of turn in my mind about, well, how can we take these guys and what they've got and actually turn that into sort of a cinema piece? And, you know, that was sort of the beginning of the movie, I suppose. Did you ever have any issues or resistance with getting the sort of trust from these guys to take their stories and, and characters and put them on screen? Um, look, you would think so, but I suppose the only way that I could say that I didn't was that it took years, you know? So it wasn't yep. like we were sort of rocking up there and saying, oh, we're making a film in October, you know, do you want to come into the casting room? You know, it was very, very organic, you know, it was literally... Most of the, of the of the people that I met were through the Pigram brothers, and they and the Piggies are really well respected in the Kimberley, so they're kind of, you know, anyone that they introduce to people is is you know they they is, is afforded sort of, sort of a lot of respect. So I was lucky in that in that sort of regard, and um, yeah, so I suppose we didn't meet much resistance because um, we just took the time. And then look, there were some people who were fan, who just had fantastic talent you know really I just think could have been fantastic actors mm. but frankly they really weren't interested in being in a movie you know you can have your acting stuff you know <laughs> like, so I suppose there wasn't so much resistance as there were kind of um, you know there was sort of uh, you know hits and misses you know and there were some people of course who were dead keen to be in the movie who couldn't act to save their life you know so there was a little bit of negotiating to do but look we we got our first development grant in 2003 and we didn't get financed to make the movie till 2008. So that was a five-year process just coming up with the idea, finding the performers, the actors, and, and kind of moulding the story. So, you know, when I say it took a long time, it, it really took a long time. <laughs> well, um, uh, previously you, you mentioned... Uh, what you gained from going up to that region was the fishing and the sort of living on the land and I suppose yeah. getting in touch with, with nature to an extent and that yeah. theme comes through quite significantly in the film that you've got these guys who are sort of detached from their culture and each other and it's the elders in particular who use a bit of tough love to get them back in touch with the land to try to heal and find themselves. Um, and I'm particularly curious about the use of water in this film because a lot of very significant moments happen next to or even immersed in water. That's interesting, you know. Um, I'll be totally honest with you and say I haven't really thought about that that much, but I suppose, you know, I suppose all I'd say is that, um, you know, in a remote and rugged environment, water is life, you know. Mm. So there was, I suppose we did think it about a bit, there's a little bit, there's a bit of a, there's a few scenes where, where, yeah, I know what you mean now, where kind of the, the significant scenes that involve kind of men in the water and so forth. And I suppose the key there for me was um, to, un on a very, very basic level, um, to understand the country is to understand where the water is. <laughs> if, you don't, if you don't have that, you die, you know. And um, when TJ, who's the character from the city, you know, first kind of rocks up to the Kimberley and he sort of walks out onto the the, the, the giant mud flat that's kind of outside the town and kind of bakes in the sun. At the same time as he's doing that, the sort of local fellow Texas is actually by a waterhole, you know, and kind of reflecting on, on past times. And I suppose for me, whenever I would go to some of those waterholes and, and the, the tranquility around there, you could feel this sense of um, presence, you know, that people had been coming here for God knows how long and living by this waterhole and all the things that that, 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 that 
mean, you know. The thing about the Kimberley is that, and I suppose this goes for a lot of Australia, is that you've got a really strong sense of um, the past in the present, if you know what I mean. Like the, the places are almost haunted, you know, and, and, can, and when I say haunted, it could be haunted in a good way, you know. Mm. So, and a lot of those, you know, places are, are places around water. And, um, yeah, I suppose it also has a, a cleansing quality sort of symbolically. So, yeah, isn't it funny, you know, sometimes you, you're so into a, a process or a film that, you, you know, you're making it, you don't really think about why you make certain choices, you know, such as using the water, but I guess that was it. <laughs> well, I, I gather from your work that sort of intuition has a big part of your process when you, when you make films. Yeah, definitely. And, and that's certainly felt in this film, which is largely improvised, am I right? Yeah, look, I suppose, you know, the process was that I had a fairly clear um, sense of the arching story, you know, the beginning, middle and end, so to speak. I just wasn't quite, you know, um, locked down in how that was going to play out as individual scenes. So, you know, I, 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 you know and, and we submitted a script back you know back in 2008 to the funding bodies and we said look it'll be like this but it won't be exactly this yep. <laughs> and if you read that script now it's very true it's actually very close to what we submitted but the expression of each scene is is quite different and i suppose what what i wanted to do is that i found out pretty quickly when we did the workshops with the with the with the cast that they are at their best when they weren't thinking if they had to remember lines then you may as well be giving them Shakespeare, you know. But what we what we really found was when they were at their best was when they were being themselves, you know, and when they were saying words that came to their mind and when they were really feeling certain feelings rather than acting them, you know. And because, you know, they weren't experienced actors, we, we just sort of thought, well, the less thinking they have to do, the better, and the more they can really be in a moment. So I'd sort of, you know, we'd sit down at the end of the day and say, right, well, in this scene... You know, you're pissed off and you're trying to work out why, you know, and this is, and I'd say to one of the guys, well, you know, we, we know why you're pissed off, you know, and the other fellow would say, we're not, you know, you don't really know why he is, why don't you try and understand that? And then we'd pretty much, you know, start shooting <laughs> like that. And uh, as long as the actors had um, an understanding of the context, an understanding of the sort of feelings they were supposed to be feeling and where they'd just come from, where they were going to. It was up to them what they said and how they said it. And I think that that's really why, you know, I'd, I'd like to think that's why people like Sundance picked us up because we were able to capture these guys as I sort of saw them 10 years ago around the camp around the Kimberley being themselves and being you know really feeling you know the reason why they look quite emotional in some sense is because they're really feeling those feelings or the, or you know or the or they're laughing because they really are laughing and look it's look I won't kid you it was a very very challenging process and we had hits and misses and we had things that really worked and we had things that really didn't work so you know, again, it took quite a bit of time to sort of go through all the rushes and, and put it together. But at the end of the day, you know, it's worked out pretty well. 